0: Hello shareholders, glad you can join us for the latest episode of Podcast 71. We've covered many topics so far on our podcast. We've talked about our products. We've talked culture-wise. We met driver Rob Lancet. We also met Alex Jackson from our Portland warehouse. We met Kirsten Kerr with Warehouse 71. Just recently, we heard what the connectors are working on. All great topics, all adding value to our organization. We've yet to delve into our financial operations until now. Last year's sales were $800 million, but a sale doesn't amount to anything until we collect it in cash. Therefore, accounts receivable is a very important role, turning sales into real dollars. I'm Elizabeth Wheeler, your host, live from Studio 71. Today we have Chad Fradenberg, Parkside Credit Manager, and Michelle McCush, Atlantic Plywood Credit Manager, to talk accounts receivable. Welcome to you both. Thank you for joining me
1: hi elizabeth
0: thanks elizabeth glad to be here glad to have you let's tell our audience a little bit about yourselves michelle ladies first
2: i just ended my third year here at atlantic plywood it's the beginning of my fourth year i've been a credit manager since 2011 And my previous work experience, I was at my last job for 31 years. So it was a big change for me to come over to Atlantic, but the culture here is wonderful and I love it. We're glad to have you. Chad?
1: Yeah, I'm three months in with ParkSite. I've enjoyed the experience immensely so far. I've had 20 years experience primarily with Fortune 100 companies. This is a much different, but much better experience so far.
0: Let me add real quick, 60-plus years in experience between the two of you. Yeah, that doesn't make you feel old. (laughs) Well, let's get started with some stats so we know the scope of what we're talking about. Chad, how many active customers does ParkSite have, and what's our approximate accounts receivable balance?
1: We're typically around 5,000 customers at any given time, approximately 80 to 90 million in AR at any given time as well.
2: Michelle, how about APC? APC has about 4,000 active accounts, and we usually run around $20 million in accounts receivable.
0: Wow. So that's almost 100 million in accounts receivable, second only to inventory in the amount of money we have invested in our business. You both have unique positions because you work with outside sales, inside sales, logistics, purchasing. You work with our customers. So I imagine strong relationship building is key. But can you also share with our audience some of the examples of working cross channels?
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of experience since I've come on primarily with the sales management team at ParkSite, George Dykemuller, Sean Clemens, Jason Zarzicki, and they've been extremely supportive, extremely helpful. We're kind of partnering up, if you will. I think that's the one thing about the ESOP model that is tremendously refreshing to me. But so far, so good. And next week, I get to go down and visit Louisville and get to hang out with Eric Troyer and, and kind of see how he operates.
0: In your short time with us, you've been to several different locations. Where have you been?
1: I've been to Brook and to Baltimore and to Lakeland. And like I said, next week, I go to Louisville. And then June, I'm going to go down to South Windsor. In July, I'm going to go to North Brunswick. I'm pretty much scheduled out for the end of the year on the road couple of days of the month, but so far so good. Everybody's been very helpful and very welcoming.
0: So you're getting to all the locations. Michelle, talk a little bit about
2: the relationships you have within the Atlantic Plywood group. The nice thing about credit and collections is that you basically deal with most departments in the company. So it's the entire order to cash process. So beginning with the sales team, of course, we work with them very closely. We also work very closely with our customer service group as well as our other finance partners. And I would say a lot with the logistics and purchasing teams as well. So
0: when you say logistics and purchasing, talk a little bit about that. What's involved there when you're working with
2: logistics? Sure, so if we have, as an example, a large dollar value order pending, we usually like to get a little bit of a heads up on that ahead of time. And if someone says, okay, well we have a $50,000 order pending, it's a special order, it needs to be cut specially or whatnot. We like for the sales or the logistics team to give us a heads up on that sort of situation because that allows us the opportunity to ensure that the customer is worthy of a sale that large. And sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. So by giving us the heads up, it allows us to look at the account ahead of time And if it's not feasible, then we try to come up with a way of making the sale happen, whether that be through a joint check or some other type of a security device. We work with all of those different departments in order to try to get the order out the door.
0: So maybe you could talk a little bit about a day in the life so we get a better understanding
2: of how all that works. A day in the life, I would say that my credit managers, their number one priority is always order releases. So they are constantly looking at orders that are blocked for credit review. That's their number one priority every day. So we try to release orders as quickly as possible so that we're not holding up any of the other teams on the logistics side and the warehouses and whatnot. If for some reason we can't release an order, we communicate that to the sales team. And that's very important because a lot of times our customers are expecting material. And if that's not going to happen, we need our sales team to know that so that they can make other arrangements. A lot of times the sales team will have access to people that we may not normally deal with. And those people, the people that they deal directly with can sometimes loosen the purse strings if that's the problem.
0: So are there ever meetings that you have with our sales staff
2: and the customer? Typically, if we have a meeting like that, it's about a project. So we'll talk about the scope of the project and what the timeline looks like for deliveries, what the total order value is. But to be honest with you, the sales team like to stay out of the money conversation So we typically do that on our own, and most salespeople do not like to be involved in that aspect.
0: And I suppose that leads to a good question about procedures. I imagine there are standard procedures in place as well as
2: special cases, I'd say the vast majority of orders that come across, we release those fairly easily. It's those large dollar value or special cut material, those sorts of things that we usually end up doing a lot more work, trying to get that type of thing out the door. But a day in the life, to answer your question, is basically order review, credit releases. When we can't release an order, it's up to my team to contact our customers and let them know, what the necessary requirements are, whether it's payment or prepayment, depending on the situation, in order to get the material released. So that's the order release. That's the number one priority that the team has. And then I'd say that the next most important priority would be the collection side. And typically the way we run collections is we will focus on the larger dollar value collections first, and we will normally proactively collect anything that is a certain age by the end of the month. And we'll deal with that, number one, based on balance. And then number two, we will go toward our older balances. Some of the balances that don't get as much attention as some of the larger customer balances do.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Now, what do you do when you have problems? And do you work closely with our
2: customers to receive payment? Sometimes a customer won't pay you because there could have been an issue with their order. It could have been damaged. It could have been the wrong material. It could have been and any number of things. So sometimes we don't get paid because of those sorts of situations. But for the most part, I'd say when we call and collect money, it's usually the same customers. And over time, you basically know when you see an order appear, whether or not you're going to have to make a phone call or send an email. You get to know them pretty well, I imagine. You do. And for the most part, our relationships are positive. But as you can imagine, when you're holding up a shipment and a customer needs it, sometimes, you know, that can be a stressful situation for both the customer and for us. So I'd say the vast majority of our customers are understanding. But once in a while, you know, it can be a little bit stressful on the credit managers.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Now, Chad, you've been to some customers already, even in your short time with us, right? I have. So what's it like if you have walked into a customer and they owe us money?
1: Yeah, I don't think at that point you're kidding yourselves. Everybody understands the situation as it is. I really enjoy walking into customers and meeting with them face-to-face. That's probably been the highlights of my career, one of the things I enjoy most. It just helps to to sit across from somebody and to understand each other a little bit better than maybe you know over the phone or over Teams. And it changes the dynamic of the relationship you have with a customer after you meet with them face-to-face. They know if they ever have to pick up the phone and give you a call for whatever reason, they won't hesitate after you meet with them face-to-face.
0: Well, I'm sure that's the case. Now, do you go to both customers that are big customers and are not having a problem, but just to establish a relationship in case there happens to be a problem? Or is it just you visit customers that are just having some challenges?
1: Primarily right now, I would be what I'm calling campaigning, where I'm going out and meeting customers for the first time to establish those relationships, establishing a rainy day fund, if you will. So when we do get in that situation where they might be in trouble or we need to have an ask of them or they have an ask of us that we have that relationship established and and they don't hesitate to ask us or we don't hesitate to ask them.
0: Well, and I also would imagine getting out to see our customers helps you have a better understanding of all the different customers that we have, whether it's a fabricator or a lumberyard.
1: Yeah, I haven't gotten out to see so many of the fabricators yet, but I'm definitely looking forward to that. But yeah, it does. It gives me a more universal idea of what ParkSite business is, how our customers' business is, because they're end users who we're really trying to please at the end of the day. And as long as we can please their end user, then they're going to be pleased. So it's definitely given me a better view of, of how things operate as a whole for the company.
0: Now, Michelle, do you get out at me and our customers as well?
2: I have not yet met any of our customers at this point. I would love to, so if anyone's listening to this and would like to extend that invitation, I'm happy to do so. But I have gotten out to probably about half of the Atlantic locations. I have the pleasure of working with three of my credit managers who are in different branches. I'm located in Woburn here with three credit managers and two administrators, and then I have a credit manager in East Providence, Albany, and South Windsor. So I've been to those branches as well as Carlstadt, New Jersey, and Farmingdale, which is Long Island. I was just there.
0: So since we're making a plug, Michelle, in your perfect world, would you want to travel to some of our
2: customers with the outside sales rep? Absolutely, because I also really do enjoy meeting people. It changes the dynamic of your relationship. And there's no doubt it also puts you further up when it comes to who they're going to pay. They'll pay someone that they know before they'll pay someone that they don't. And they do appreciate the time and effort that it takes to do a road trip like that. Question to both of you. What excites you most about in the future? For me, I'm excited to go to the Infor conference that's coming up in Palm Springs. You know, not only will I be able to meet Chad face-to-face, but all the other ParkSite colleagues. I love getting out of the office, so I'm very excited about that. I'm also excited about some of the things that we're working on right now, where we're trying to find different ways for customers to pay us. One of those things is basically direct debit, which is something that the Atlantic customers are not yet able to do, but we're hoping we can partner with ParkSite to make that happen. And then also being able to pay through an online portal, a self-service payment for customers. That's not something that we yet do, but we do get a lot of inquiries from customers to be able to pay us that way. Jad, what about you?
1: Yeah, we definitely have a lot of demand for online paying from our customers, not just online paying, but a place where they can visualize all their invoicing and their statements on a monthly basis. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to onboarding our customers, bringing them into the 21st century with some technological advancements, some, I'd call it semi-automation because I don't believe in full automation, but some places where we could create some semi-automation to create ease of use for our customers because we definitely have some opportunities there. We do a tremendous job with what we have, but with some semi-automation tools, we could take things much, much higher than I think any of us could dream.
0: Undoubtedly. And you're also going to Infor, right?
1: I am. Yep.
0: I was just talking with Mike Knezhevich and he's really, really excited about the team that's going out and the way that you can get to know each other and network and bond and, and build the relationships. Definitely something to look forward to. Absolutely. In closing, I ask all our guests about being a part of the NISOP. What does it mean to you,
2: Michelle? For me, I always am kind of cognizant of the fact that since we're accounts receivable, if we're not getting paid, then that impacts everyone in the company. So we always need to make sure that we're making sound decisions. And it's always a delicate balance between maximizing sales and minimizing our risk at the same time. When we don't make sound decisions, we hurt number one, our customers, because we're allowing them to take on debt that they can't handle. And then of course, if we don't get paid, then that results in bad debt for us. And when we don't get paid, or if we're paid very late, that impacts our working capital. And the money we collect is used to invest in our businesses. So, you know, we're all part of that associate group and we always are cognizant of the part that we play in making ParkSite a success. Ron Barthol loves you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chad, now you've only been here three months. Is employee ownership new to you?
1: It's absolutely new to me, but it's new in such a refreshing way. I came from, like I said earlier, a strict Fortune 100 background, corporate, a little impersonal. This is much more personal, and I love that about it. It's the kind of thing that, in the three months I've been here, I've invested in it, and I want to continue to invest in. I want to give my absolute best every day because I know it's going to come back to benefit me and everyone I work with. And it makes me realize that I'm not willing to settle for anything less than my best.
0: That's awesome to hear. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you. Enjoy the conference. I want to hear back. And Michelle, let me know when one of the outside salespeople says, hey, let's go. I will. You'll be the
2: first one to know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. And thank our listeners for joining us. If you have an idea for a podcast, please let me know. Until next time, catch you later.